tonight on Whiskey Waffle. Ooh, I do like a list. Okay, I revised my previous cracker statement. I'm going with digestive biscuits. <laughs> I have several scars around my uh, vital organs. Luckily, your liver grows back again. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Good evening, fellow wafflers. My name is Nick. My name is Ted. And we are Whiskey Waffle, the, the Tasmanian whiskey podcast that really just doesn't know when to stop talking. No, this is a regular issue for us. Mm. Once you once we get a few drams down and uh, get enthused about a subject, <laughs> it's very hard to stop and sort of minutes later... Um, yeah, minutes, he, he means hours. Yeah, minutes yeah. later we are going... <laughs> What the hell just happened? Yeah, so we, um, well, whiskey might have something to do with this, but um, we're actually uh, we're actually pretty excited because after our last couple of episodes talking about some of the updates of Lark and talking about a new product that might have been released, it was <gasps> speculation at one point, and now it is fact. Um, we've got a, in our hot little hands, at least mine are hot. Ted's are, you know, a bit gnarly. Um, in our hands, we've got a miniature bottle of the Lark Symphony Number no. One. Fake news, fake news. <laughs> what about your hands? No. <laughs> no, about the bottle? No, I certainly yeah. do have some. So later on this episode, we've got a fresh meat section coming where we're going to be tasting the Symphony Number no. 1 and giving our initial thoughts with, with no preparation at all. It's always fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm really interested to know what it's like. Does it... Oh, well, we'll discuss it then. I was going to mm. say, does it give any more information? Well, that we our listeners know? would just have to keep listening to the podcast. Oh, I'm a listener. Yeah. Please, <laughs> tell me. Yeah, you're our biggest fan, Ted. Yep. Most of our listeners are just you playing yep. them. Mm. That, that's mainly it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's coming up later. But before that, we've got a few sections. We've got some whiskey reviews to come. But before that, we're going to do... The Waffle. The Waffle. Let's do it. Waffle! Waffle. The Waffle. So tonight on The Waffle, we are revisiting the top five format. Ooh, I do like a list. Yeah, well, that's it. We thought we'd do some listing. A podcast in general do like a good list, so yep. we're going to list our top five Isla distilleries. Ooh, I do like some Isla, and I do like lists, so... Lists and Isla, like PT lists. What what could go wrong? So Ted and I put our heads together, and we've come up with our own... Basically, we ranked all the Isla distilleries, um, put them in a bit of an order, compared the scores, and we got a bunch of ties. Oh, yep. Yep, we, we, we know what we like and we know what each other likes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, we couldn't quite split our top five, so we, we called for outside help. Yep, our imaginary friend Cleon is uh, there as the um, the judge on the line, going to break that tie if yep. need be. And the tie is indeed broken. So, I mean, we say it's a top five. There are eight distilleries on Isla. What are our eight distilleries to choose from, Ted? So uh, we have... We'll start from the north or the south. Let's let's start from the north. Yep. So you just get off the ferry and, and you can uh, Port Skeg. Yep. Port Skeg. You uh, turn right and you can go to Kalila. Yep. Or if you go just up, sort of go up the hill mm. and then take the right at the road at the top of the hill and then head up along, you get to Gardenhoe. Yes. Um, or Ardenhoe, as it's <laughs> yeah. known to everyone. But we're not counting Ardenhoe no. in our list tonight because we've never keep, tried it. Yeah. If you keep going further along from Gardenhoe. Um, and then come back around down to the coast. You can A, C, Jura. Um, True. Which is B, also not in our list. Yep. But that's because that's on Jura and not Isla. Exactly. Um, but you also get to Bunahaven. Yes. So Bunahaven is on the list. Um, now you reach a, a crossroads and you could turn right or left. Uh, if you go right, then you could head over to Brook Laddie. Yep. Or you could also go to Kilhoman. Yep. 
But then if you turn left, take the road down a bit, you'll hit Beaumont. Yeah, in fact, the biggest town on Isla is the town of Beaumont. Yep. And a uh, big distillery there. And then if you keep going around, you'll yeah. hit Port Ellen. Port Ellen, my favorite township on Isla. It's absolutely beautiful yeah. down there. And there are three distilleries down there. Yep. So you've got Lagavulin. Yep. Lafroig. And Ardbeg. Ardbeg's right at the very end there. But those three definitely within walking distance. So uh, it's a wonderful pub crawl. Couldn't recommend it for anyone. So um, we said it's the top five, but shall we just list all of the distilleries? We'll just skip over the bottom three and then focus mainly on our top five tonight. Yep, let's yep. do it. So starting with number eight, which came in the lowest for, for all of us voters. I'm thinking one day we should do this sort of thing with our audience vote. So maybe we'll stick up some Twitter polls in yeah, the future. Yeah, we can, we can do polling. Good, yeah. So anyway, the whiskey waffle vote, number eight, by a long way, was Beaumont. Yeah. Sorry, Beaumont. It's just, you keep kind of letting us down slightly with your core releases. Yeah, they're just, they're just not, there's Pete. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of peat, but they've also got some other flavors that go along with it that just don't it's appeal. A bit overdone, mm. I think. Now, Cleon, Cleon makes a bold assertion. Oh, here we go. Um, that he's had some very good indie Bowmores. Mm. Maybe it's just the distillery that he wanted. It. That he wanted to. Uh, he wanted to vote for Bowmore, but he says that he hasn't actually had any of their main range. Well, then so, he's not qualified to talk yeah, about it, is he? He's obviously a, yeah, a poor judge. So that was number se- number eight. Moving on to number seven was Kalila. Yep. I've had bits and pieces of Kalila here and there, and I, I like it, but it doesn't inspire me. Yeah, the 12-year-old's fine. I, I, so I suppose, unlike Beaumont, which there's there's flavours in there that I go like, oh, I want to like it, but it's just... Mm. There's something about it that it makes it slightly unlikable. Kalila's kind of the one that it's just like... Oh yeah, Kalila. That's that's a distillery on Isla. That's that's right. I forget about that one. Yeah, and I'm sure Cleon will rave about the independent releases. Yeah. Some of the some of the interesting stuff they do distillery only is really cool too. But anyway, um, and just missing out on the top five is Kilhoman. Yeah, they make some really good releases. But they are. They're doing good things. For us, I, th- I think like coming yeah. sixth in this poll is no shame. No, no, no. Mm. That that means that means they're still sixth out of a very rarefied crowd. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is where it gets to our official top five. So, ladies and gents, our top five Isla Distillery. Starting with number five, Bunnahaven. Ted voted this one a little bit higher. He's got a disappointed yeah. look in his yeah. eye. I do have a disappointed look in my eye. But yeah, I mean, blame Cleon for not voting for this one at all. Look, for, for me, I suppose, yeah, I did vote it higher, but then it is the different one out of the bunch. This is the one that I, I could probably say I, I can actually see, yep, that's why that went down to that level because it yeah it's not your big peaty isla drop i i have very fond memories of it i've also it's i think it's the distillery that i've got most bottles of mm. out of any of my isla drops but yeah well um Bunnahaven has actually gone up for me mm. from 6th to 5th in my list but again like 5th spot is still pretty decent for yeah. an isla list it's something a bit different yeah oh absolutely and there's a there's a lot to fall in love with but it's almost, it doesn't have that sort of sexy peat layer on top that we associate with Isla. No. You have to really get to know its personality. Yep. All right, moving on. Number four. Ted really wants to start announcing them, but I've got the list in my hand. Yeah. So, um, you got any picks, Ted? What do you think number four might be? Number four, I reckon, is going to come in as Brook Laddie. You're correct. Yes. Yep. Brook Laddie, number four. So, Brook Laddie, of course, don't just make Brook Laddie, they make Port Charlotte. Yep. They and make- they make. Optimore. Yeah. yeah, see, that's what makes it hard. And, well, 
and what don't they make as well like as well as those things they've got huge range of like weird and wonderful oddities yeah. that if you ever visit their bar at, yeah. um can recommend yeah they, they've just got so many things yeah no this is absolutely right now they're probably yeah probably my fourth maybe favorite Isla distillery but they're possibly my first or second favorite to visit yep they're so good yeah all right, moving on. So we've um, we've said that there are distilleries all across the island, um, but three of them are down in one little town, and they've all made it to our top three. Yep. Whoa. And they they are like generally they are known as the big three. They are yeah, certainly to us, and I think to a lot of other people, the Port Ellen three. Not counting, um, of course, the original Port Ellen, mm. which is um, rumored to be starting up again. Yeah, what's that going to do to the the legacy? Well, yeah, mm. I don't know. Anyway, we're digressing. Are you ready for the bronze medal, Teddy Boy? I am. And the bronze medal goes to Lafroig Distillery. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard for the, the number one selling peated whiskey in the world to only come third. But there you have it. I don't, I don't know why it's necessarily coming third because it is excellent whiskey. Ah, yeah. It's the one that's made so many people fall in love with peated whiskey, especially that 10-year-old. So, yeah, that is Laphroaig Distillery. And um, while I'm a bit less keen on the select cask, I, I really like the quarter cask. Mm. All right, then, the top two. And, of course, as soon as I reveal number two, you're going to find out about number one as well. Number two is Lagavulin. Uh, but Ted, then was, it... Ted was number one for this one. I was number two. I was very close to having it the other way around, though. Like... Yeah. So Lagavulin we love especially because of the 16-year-old, which is just our ultimate Peter whiskey. Like if we were to, you know, pick probably our top two or three whiskeys of all time, the Lagavulin 16-year-old would be on that list. Yep. So it's a little bit hard to, to battle with that one. Um, but they do some other good stuff as well. Yeah, no, there's there's uh, some really solid whiskeys in there. So this the 16 is obviously the classic one. We're a bit... Um, we're a bit sort of suspicious about the eight. Mm. The twelve-year-old cask strengths they release, um, they are a bit up and down, but the good ones, gosh, they're good. So you cannot write off Lagavulin. They didn't get first place. First place goes to Ardbeg. Yep. Yes, or as a lot of people before they get corrected call it in Australia, at least Ardberg. Yeah, it does tend to get that a lot. Mm. Yeah, the first time I, I asked Ross about the um, the Ardberg, he didn't know what I was talking about. Yep. So I had to learn very quickly. But yes, Ardberg has come number one because, well, they have the ever-reliable 10-year-old, which is fantastic. They have the amazing Sherry Ugadal, and Ted's got a new favorite Ardberg. The Cory Brecken. Yeah, he had it for the first time in a long time just the other night. It was so good. Uh, it's just so good. Peter Dynamite, one of the my top Brecken. whiskeys of the year that I've had. There's something new coming out as well. Just just come out. Yeah, what's that? It's the Wee Beastie. The Wee Beastie. I mean, they have a way with names, don't they? Mm. All the committee releases prove that. But what's this Wee Beastie then, Ted? So the Wee Beastie is a very small bottle that's got a, a uh, animal in it. All oh, right, okay, yeah. It's a uh, snake one. And it's interesting the fact that they actually um, put it on the, on the front for a Scottish one. Mm. It's five years old. F- five years old? Yes, it is that's, a five-year-old. That's Tasmanian um, age. Actually, that's quite old for Tasmania. It is um, quite old for Tasmania, <laughs> but for 
for Scotland. We do say that Pete does good things to young whiskey, but is this a is this a step too far? I mean, we've been complaining about the um, like of all an eight year old. Yeah, I know this is a lot younger. So it's, uh, it's almost like yeah, it's ridiculously young. It's ex bourbon um, and oloroso. Uh, oh, so there is some sherry in there. Yeah, there is a bit of sherry in there. It's got to be fiery, right? Five years old. I reckon so. So I got the email from Ardbeg as well, and the price is like seventy odd dollars Australian, nearly eighty dollars yeah. Australian, which is the same price as the ten-year-old. I've been seeing some chatter around online about that that people are feeling a bit sort of hmm if. This is going to be coming out at the same price as the the 10-year-old, which is one of the best whiskies in the world. Yeah, and best value whiskies in the world. What's that going to do to the price of the 10-year-old? Yeah, hmm. it's, it's interesting. So that's that's slightly concerning. Um, I'm actually not sceptical. Well, maybe I am. I'm not, like, scared of what it's going to taste like. I'm actually really excited to try it. But I just don't want it to push the 10-year-old to un... Well, this, this is the thing. We've already got this worry about the like of all an eight-year-old. Yeah, well, the sixteen-year-old is 16. going up, isn't it? So is is the, the, is the five-year-old wee beastie going to push out the ten-year-old? Probably. Has the select cask pushed up the Lafroy tens? Mm. Although I've got to say, select cask wee beastie. I know which I'd go for in terms of the name. Yeah, well, wee beastie is certainly a uh, yeah. is a good name. Oh yeah, it is great. I mean, Ardbeg nail the marketing, don't they? And maybe that's why they're number one. Maybe it's not because their whiskey is better. Maybe it's not because they have got the best story, the best distillery. I mean, all of those things you could make a case for. But I don't think too many people could argue that Ardbeg's marketing is probably the best. Oh, it's great. They do such a good job. They've always got fresh interesting looking uh things yeah. coming out so and they're at the top of our list well there you go fellow wafflers that is our top five island distilleries as a recap number five bunahaven number four brook laddie number three lafroig number two like a fallen <laughs> number one ard beg there's our top five what is your top five fellow wafflers or even your top eight um leave us a comment on instagram on twitter but if you've got more to say, send us an email, whiskeywaffle at gmail.com, and explain why you think there's these different distilleries are in different spots. We'll read it out on the podcast, definitely. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, I'm reading through so many bits. It's quite a long article. Yeah, well, you wrote it. I know. I know. The Whiskey. Nicholas. Yes. Shalom. Shalom, Jackie. Yes, we we are drinking. Yes. We are drinking an Israeli whiskey. What? I know. So, no, hence Who you saying Shalom. We are drinking whiskey from Israel. Yes. I believe there are two distilleries there currently. Um, okay. And, and this, this is one. This, this is the one that has made it to the post first. So this is from Milk and Honey Distillery. Milk and Honey, that's an yeah. interesting name. Yeah, it's Why it, the milk, why the honey? Biblical. Biblical. Ah, uh, well, in Jerusalem, so makes sense. Yes, uh it's it it's it's from the um it's from the quote I think it's Exodus, um, that describes Israel as the or the land of the Israelites as the land of milk and honey. Okay. And they they their logo is a bull with bee stripes. With Bee stripes. Black and yellow stripes. Okay. 
Yes. So anyway, this yes. this this is their classic cask. I'll just put that out there now. This is their classic cask. This is sort of their first yeah, first very release. first release. But this is very kindly supplied to us by the uh, good folks over at thespiritsafe.com.au. Um, they're a Australian whiskey site, and you can buy an excellent range of whiskey from them. But they were very kind to invite us to the Australian virtual. I think I think it was probably meant to be like an actual in physical release, but because of the Rona, um, <laughs> they they put it as a virtual um, launch of Milk and Honey. To be fair, we might not have been able to attend. A no, physical no, no, no. So. This is this has gone excellently for us. So, well, you say us, mainly you, mainly me. Yeah, I yeah, I did all the legwork, and I as my reward, I got a. Sample pack of milk and honey uh, whiskey and a couple of their gins sent to me, and then I engaged with the virtual launch on Zoom. Well, to be fair, I'm now engaging with that as well, and I'm able to smell this for the first time. And mm. are they are they taking inspiration from Scotland in this? There's a lot of yeah that vanilla have. oak sort of hit. There's 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 kind of not really that much of a sort of a a drinking culture in Israel. I believe I think yeah. it's. So I think I think what they're going with this is like a for the international market, and it's yeah it, they based it on the Scottish model. So it's a th- it's a three year old, a bit over three well, year old. That's not very Scottish. Mm, well, I mean, <laughs> welcome to Israel. Eh? Well, well, welcome to Israel. It's a where, little bit warmer than Scotland. Yes, Scottish at least in terms of the the Scottish rule that you have to age whiskey for at least three years. So it's not getting up in there oh, in years because see, they yeah, haven't yeah. they haven't had anything aging for that long. Yeah. So this is the classic cask. Yep. It's uh 75% ex bourbon, 25% ex wine barrels. And okay, wine barrels. Five percent virgin oak. Well like Israel and that sort of area is the fertile mm. crescent is like where wine uh, grapes were originally sort of Domesticated, I believe. Yeah, well, I mean, the the name Shiraz comes from an Iranian mm. sort of location, so mm. yeah, I I guess that makes sense. But um, yeah, it's a bit different these days. Yep. So anyway, this is so lo- locally produced uh, red wine casks, and yeah, w- well, what do you think about it? As well as vanilla, I'm getting a I'm getting a a hint of that apple note. If I go exploring that a bit more, it's a Bits, a bit stronger. It's a bit like a apple flavor, apple essence. Mm, it is. It's got a nice bit of spice in there. Actually, I I think there's also a bit of like there's a bit of fruitiness, sort of peach and apricots, and maybe a bit, bit of butterscotch. Yeah, no apple pie nose for me, but let's have a sip. Mm. Quite dry on the mouth. Yeah. It, initially, it's quite light, but now it's the the finish grows. It really builds. Mm. I I quite like it actually. I think it's it's got like a quite a nice warming sort of pleasant. So slightly, slightly sort of tanniny, timbery sort of. Yeah, there's a butterscotch uh, and there's an oak, and mm. the oak is quite quite full on. Yeah. Now, one of the interesting things about Israel apparently is that they've got this like massive, very like it's a very small country. It's it's not. It's not very large at all. It's only so in length. It's only about four hundred and twenty kilometers. Yeah, and width is about one hundred and fifteen kilometers. So it's, yep. it's pretty small. But they've mm-hmm. actually got like a massive climatic, climactic 
variants. Yeah, because they're next to the ocean on one side and they're next to the desert on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And and there's mountains in there too. So yeah. they've got like these various zones. So you've got the Upper Galilee, which is in the north of the country, which yep. is like re- relatively mountainous, I think. Um, and then you've got like the Jeris- Jerusalem mountains, which are mountainous. Um then you've got the Mediterranean coast, which is sort of down in Tel Aviv. So, so this whiskey is produced in Tel Aviv. Yeah, actually, it's produced in your favorite your favorite cinema, um, Lolly Skittles. No, Jaffa's. Oh, Jaffa's. Yeah, yeah ja- it's in, it's produced in Jaffa, um, <laughs> which is like the ancient port, um, the ancient sort of port town. Would have been, would have been better going with my favorite Aladdin baddie. Oh yes, Jaffa. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jaffa, Jaffa was like the port city on the. I always thought that was pronounced Jaffa or Jaffa, yeah, which um which Tel Aviv grew from. Yes, sorry, probably it is Jaffa, not Jaffa. Um, then you've got desert, uh, sort of over on, in the east, and then you've also got the Dead Sea. Now the Dead Sea is like crazy. It's like, it's about four hundred meters below sea level. Yeah, and so it's very dry. And yeah, very Imagine, very low. Yeah, maturing whiskey there. Yeah, well. Uh, so dur- during the launch, they showed us a couple of different um, samples. So they had they had a whiskey that was the same spirit yep. put in the same sort of barrels mm. at the same time, like it was the same batch of spirit, and they aged one in the Mediterranean, one at the Dead Sea, and like the, the results were crazy. Like the, yeah. the the Med Sea one was really light, sort of honey coloured. Whereas the Dead Sea one was this sort of dark, so you'd think it was like a, a sherry or a port coloured. Yeah, yeah, and it's all um, because of the pressure on the barrels. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, so apart from their classic cask, they do have other releases planned. They're going to do a sherry cask, a peated cask, and a wine cask. So that's locally grown from locally produced wine barrels. Um, and then they'll also have some special edition ones, um, coming out. So and the, like, there's some really crazy sounding special editions as well. Like they're going to have they've they've got ex pomegranate wine casks. Apparently, it's a very like local Israeli yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm so. sure it is. Um, and like you can also get like um, ex Israeli uh, Chardonnay casks from the Jerusalem mountains. Like that's that's a that's a random thing. But yeah, anyway, it's like I I actually quite like this. It's it's a young whiskey, but it's I yeah I think that the that the flavor is a bit. It's a bit much for me. Like it's if you start chewing on it and start like really thinking about it, there's this really spicy, full-on flavor to it that I'm, which I, confuses me. I get quite a bit of. I, I just just then I got a big burst of almonds mm. on the on the palate, so that that almond essence sort of flavor. Yeah, yeah. No essence in general. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of flavor. But it's not the most balanced that I've tried yeah. either. So, well, it is young. It is their first mm. release. So, I'm interested to see where they go from here. And they've got other releases too. I'll be interested to see what, like, what their sherry cask yep. releases like or a wine cask. Um, mm. So, yeah, no, it, it it's different, interesting. Like yeah. is, Israeli whiskey. Who knew? That's sort of a, it's a, yeah. it's a thing. <laughs> not I. Yeah, but anyway, fascinating. Yeah, no. Th- thanks again to uh, thespiritsafe.com.au for sending us um, the samples. Um, yeah. Check them out. But yeah, so th- there you go. Um, I think I'm going to give that a three. 
I think I think it sort of sits within there as a as a three. I think it's got places to go, but it's by no means the worst whiskey I've ever had. No, no, no. Um, probably probably still a two for me, but I'm really keen to see where it goes. I'm definitely 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 getting that fresh fruitiness. Fresh meat. Fresh meat. Fresh meat. It's too, it's been too long since we've done a fresh meat, Ted. Yeah, we don't. We we usually know what we're talking about, but um. Yeah, we don't. We don't know anything. Well, we know a little bit because we've been following the story of this whiskey for a little while. Yeah. So the last the last few podcasts, um, we have been talking about Lark and um Australian Whiskey Holdings, their corporate overlords. Indeed. Um and. AWH's desire to transform Lark into the Penfolds of uh, Australian whiskey. And, and just as a reminder, Penfolds is like the really big, famous Australian wine brand that's uh, quite expensive and is very sort of prestige. Yeah, indeed. And we might actually have the evidence of their first step in that direction in our hands. The Lark- Well, you do. I, we're not sort of no, holding it together. No, it's a pretty small bottle. It would be a good effort if we were both holding it. No, it's just a... That's what the ladies say about me. <laughs> um, it's just a little 20 mil taster that we've got here. But yeah, this is the Lark Tasmanian Symphony Number no. 1 Malt Whiskey. And there's quite a lot to unpack. Um, not with the bottle itself, because it's just a lid. I just need to take that off. But um, there's a lot to unpack with the actual whiskey itself. So yeah, what's going on with it? Well, Nick, you're a music person. Yes. What does a sort of symphony mean? What, well, is, what is a symphony? A symphony, I like to think of it as like an album from the 1700s. It's a collection of tracks or movements um, that work together as a collective whole. But I really think with this symphony number one, they are indicating the orchestra with lots of instruments, lots of moving parts, all working together to create something beautiful. Mm. But you do make a point that there are different components mm. to this. I, I think so. Now, you've got to, you can't help but notice the distinct lack of the word single in front of malt. Just malt whiskey, not single malt whiskey. So, more distilleries? That seems to be what it's suggesting. If there's no single malt there, mm. if it's just calling... So, what is it just calling itself a... a is it a vatted malt or a blended malt? It just says malt? malt whiskey, but you said on the website it said yeah. something like a Tasmania's first blended malt. Yep, so that's right. On the website it says... That Symphony Number no. One is the first blended malt from the House of Lark. Yeah, so the House of Lark. Yeah, this is indicating umbrella, isn't it? So AWH, they've uh, famously not just owned Lark, but they've owned um, Redlands, or now it is Old Kempton, and they've owned Nant as well. So and did you mention Overeem as well? Oh, don't forget about Overeem. Yeah, of o- Overeem, Overeem, which has just changed hands back to the original owners, mm. or plus one generation. But it also says. It's uh, the symphony number one is representing a composition of exceptional Tasmanian single malt whiskies. There we go. So who who do we think this is? House of Luck. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm. Nant I, Nant would seem to be an obvious. Nant would be the one I, I go. I can't see them sticking Overeem in a blend. No, that seems that seems like going a bit far. Overeem is one of the most the more uh, expensive um, Tasmanian whiskies, and so using that for. Yeah, it doesn't Blending. quite work. But I mean, Redlands, I mean, Old Kempton have been sort of up and down with their releases. They've, they they yeah. haven't had a lot of like private investor barrels. So maybe some of it's been taken up by AWH to blend. I wonder if AWH has got something kicking around behind the scenes as well. Maybe, yeah. do, you re- do you reckon there's like a silent distillery <laughs> somewhere that's... Uh... Yeah, just, just churning out stuff. Well, shall we taste it and see? See what we think. All right, let's let's do it. Let's uh, pour it into the glass. All ten mils each. 
Gosh. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, it's better than nothing, I suppose. Right. So what we're looking for in this, if it if it truly is from the from Lark, the yep. House of Lark, mm. we should be looking for oranges. Yeah, oranges should be should be right there. So now, if this doesn't have oranges, then they've gone and buggered around with the <laughs> recipe and sort of not staying true to what Lark should be. Let's have a look. Well, it's definitely Tasmanian. Mm, it's got a sort of a heavy, oily nose to it. I mean, yeah, no, there's still oranges, dude. It's a bit different, though. It's yeah, like a bit Grand, Grand Marnier-ish. Or... Mm, they're tempered a bit. They've got a bit of dark chocolate in there, a bit of... Um... Cointreau. That's the one. Sorry, continue. A bit malty. Yep. Yeah, it is a bit malty. And a bit like some of those those Tassie new makes. I'm not saying that it's, it's spirity, but it's got some of that malt character that carries through in the single malt is still prevalent on the nose here. It doesn't exactly remind me of Lark. No, I think it's a bit a bit fatter. Yeah. I know Lark is quite f- full body with its flavour, so it's a bit... Bear in mind, we've only sniffed this so far, um, fellow wafflers. It's just... All right. Yeah, we should try some, should we? Let's have a sip. It's, it's not bad. No, it's actually all right. But I'm getting like some of those um, same... Um, vanilla, cool, stony sort of um, new make flavors, but completely smoothed off, mm. completely um, rounded off. It's it's a bit thinner on the mouth than I might expect from a, like normal lark. Maybe yeah. it doesn't have quite the same level of oiliness. Yeah, well, it palate. is. It's quite short. It's it's a little bit less substantial, but it's still enjoyable. Mm. Um. So that brings us to an important question about enjoyability and mm. the body and stuff. How much is this going for? Um, so it's going to sound like a lot because Australian currency doesn't translate quite so well, but it's 140-ish Australian dollars. 139, I think. Ah, oh, sorry, I stand corrected yeah. by a dollar. Um, yeah, so it's around about that sort of 139 mark, and that is actually quite cheap for a Tasmanian single malt. Is that a 700 mil bottle? No, it's or? still a 500. Still mil. a five, yeah, yeah. Still a 500 mil. So it's still it's still not exactly no cheap. No, no, no. But I mean, the classic cask is still a little bit more than that. Yeah, I th- think it's enjoyable. There's actually some, not so much flavour comparisons, but sort of texture comparisons with Starwood. Mm, true. Well, actually, so here's here's perhaps a good comparison. What is another Tasmanian blended vatted malt that we know? So, yes, of course, there is our, well, almost our inspiration, Mr. Tim Duckett, mm. making some um, Tib, Tasmanian independent bottling stuff. This is... I was going to say this is this has got some elements of that. It doesn't really. This is just its own thing. Yeah, it is. It's different to the tip. What do you? Th- is this better than? Ooh, I mean, this that is one? fresh meat. Like uh, I'd have to spend a bit more time with it. But Tim's stuff is always so immediately good. Like you get yeah. it straight away. Whereas I think this is one of those ones that I say, yeah, I think I need more than ten mils in my glass to probably appreciate yeah. it. But I still don't think it's bad. I just think it's different. No, I th- look. I think that this is what it is. Mm. I think this is entry-level lark. Yeah, so keep an eye out for it because I do believe it's it's on the up. This is going to be, you know, everywhere soon. I say everywhere. It's going to be some places soon. I don't know. I reckon they've got big plans for this. I reckon this is going to be front and center in a lot of different places and they're going to be promoting this as, you want a lark experience? Try this. Yeah, and then well. once you've had this, you'll think, hmm... The Light Classic Cask is only 163. Like, that's not that much more than 
this one. Yeah, the cast strength, it's only like 210. That's not that much more than a classic cast. Yep. Next thing you know, you're getting the Wolf of the Willows in. <laughs> yeah, every Tread, one Treading a dark and, path. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Mm. Selling all of your loved one's jewellery just to um, get another hit of luck. I have several scars around my uh, vital organs. <laughs> Luckily, your liver grows back again. I was going to say you sold your whole liver. Yep. Oh, dear. Well, um, yeah. What do you guys think? Have you seen it out and about? Um, have you tried it? What are your thoughts? Please get in touch. Let us know on our, on our social media, Instagram yep. comments and whatnot. Yeah. Lob over the old carrier pigeon if oh, you want to go yeah. lo-fi. Carrier pigeon full of your opinions about Lark Symphony Number no. 1. So the classic cask is 43%. Is the Symphony number one the same? No, no, no. This one is only 40.2. Only 40. Oh, Just, right. it's, it's, mm. it's, it's not a 40% whiskey. God, don't don't say that. It's yeah. a 40.2% whiskey. <laughs> dram in the box. Yes, that's right. We have been sent a dram in a box. No well, way. No well, freaking way. Actually, no way. You know, it's, it's dram in a bag. Hey! Yeah, dram in a bag, but still we've been sent a dram by friend of the podcast, or at least he is now, and forever will be known as friend of the podcast, Adrian Graham. Or, as he likes to be known on the Instas, Adrian underscore whiskey. So he sent us some whiskeys made up in North Queensland. Previously, my experience of North Queensland region was really um, limited <laughs> to just the famously known, shall we say, the BBC whiskey. Yes. Uh, well, I mean... So oh, I'm really damn. pleased that North Queensland has been cleansed by a new distillery that's come out called Wild River, or their full name, Wild River Mountain Distillery, which sounds oh, yes. very exciting. And um, they've released some whiskey under the name of... Ooh, that's that's U2's um, song, Elevation. Uh, no, no, one, right. no one at home got that. They've released a whiskey under the name of Elevation. Elevation. I, I still got the U2 song in my head. Elevation, it's called. So they've released not one, but two different batches of their Elevation single malt whiskey, which we have right here to try. So without further ado, let's get some whiskey in the glass. Right. All right. So, Nick, what have we got? So we've got um, batch one and batch two. Mm. And they smell different. They do smell very different, actually. And yet, they're both familiar. One has got sort of a lighter, sharper note, and the other one's got a sort of deeper... Witches. Which, though, Ted? Yeah, well... He's forgotten... He's got them muddled up. No, no. Which is the lighter, sharper? Which do you think is the lighter, sharper one first? And then I'll tell you. I think number two is the lighter, sharper. Phew. That's good, because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Interesting. I'm really enjoying the nose of number one. Mm. Number one's got a good... It's sort of got a fat, broad nose. Now, do do we know anything about this stuff? So, they're from North Queensland. They don't specify the barrel types. They just mention it's a combination of large and small barrels. Um, they say it's a single malt whiskey, of course. And they say it's it's finely crafted, artisan, all that sort of stuff. Yep, the usual the usual stuff. I wonder yep. what their distilling equipment is like. Yeah, it's not on the website. They do a gin, of course, as well, as everyone does. Yep. Uh, I think they used to do rums. I'm not sure if they still do. Mm. But that note, I mean, the, the malt notes are there straight yes. away. It's, uh, all right, I'm hazarding a guess here. It's youngish. It's a fairly good guess in terms of Australian whiskey. Yep. So the number one, in fact, both of them, they're at 45%. Right. 40, hmm, 1% below the magic number. Yeah. Um. All right. So this one, this one being number one, I believe, I think, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, Dave. If you got them muddled up already, we, we'll be giving tasting notes on the different whiskeys. 
No, if if you think number one is broad and yeah, broad yeah. and rich, yeah, I'm definitely on the right one because they do smell quite different. They do. It's like it's sort of like um, tree resin or something. It's about time we drunk it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Let's let's tip our large hats, being North Queensland and yep. um, <laughs> the cool catters that we are. Mm. Oh yeah, there you go. On the palate, youngish. Yeah, that's some really sugar, like brown sugar on the palate, mm. straight up. This is really different. I'm intrigued. I think I'm on board with this as well. A cassowary could get quite drunk on this. <laughs> yeah, it could. It's 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 really sort of sh- like sweet, um, yeah, brown sugary sort of mm. rummish. Yeah, and then it disappears. It's a mm. short finish. Mm. They do wear shorts up there quite often, so. Yeah, same to us who wear shorts every day down here in Tassie. Yeah. It's quite a, a dry biscuity palette. Mm, I'd be really interested. It's crackers. To know. It's a cracker whiskey. Yeah. Also, it tastes like crackers. Yeah. I'd be really interested to know what they've actually aged this in. It doesn't taste like porter sherry to me. No, it doesn't. This is a very different style of whiskey. I agree whiskey on too. biscuits, but not on crackers. Crackers okay. is too sort of I've gone too far. Dry and black. It's 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 a richer biscuit. Than yeah, that. yeah, it is. Anzacs. Mm. It's those sort of new newfangled Anzacs that people make without putting any sugar in there. You've given me a thought on that. Dates. Dates, yeah. Dates. Shall we try number two? Yes, I believe. Which is a bit greener on the nose. Mm. I'd say it's a bit more vibrant. Maybe because it's newer. Maybe because it hasn't had as much time to knit together. Even though it's been transferred from a bigger bottle into a smaller bottle, stuck with Australia Post and posted down to Tasmania. But it's yeah, it's still it's, it, it tastes zingier. Yeah. This is much longer. This is mm. much... There's much more to chew on here. It's almost slightly, something slightly gingery about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those Arnott's ginger nut biscuits. Yeah. I c- can I... Mm, controversial statement. Can I take the nose of number one and the palate of number two? Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Interesting. It's not... um. Okay, I revised my previous cracker statement. I'm going with digestive biscuits. <laughs> Are you now? I am. I am. You know how you can add stuff to digestive biscuits to make them taste... Like chocolate digestives. Like delicious. This is just the normal digestives. This is number one. I'm drinking number two at the moment. And I think there's there's some sort of banana-y flavours in there that mm. um, I'm getting now. I think that this would go down very well up in that hot tropical climate. I really like number two. I, I think mm. that possibly has turned out to be my favourite in the end. I like the nose more in number one, but mm. number two shows more potential. Yeah, number number two's got a good good palate to it. Mm. Because I, I think this is different to Tasmania. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I think it's different to Southern Australia. I yeah, think yeah. This is, I think this is Northern Australian I really whiskey. They've, they've created something of their own character and flavour here, and um, they're really close to achieving something special, I think. Hmm. Um, I don't know exactly what it is. It feels like the beginning of a journey still, but... I think this has definitely got places to go. I can see, like, hints in there that... Like, say that these guys could turn out a really good spirit. So, thank you, Adrian. We do love a good dram in the box. And seriously, we we really keen to try anything that, that people might discover. Adrian did a very good job of getting some little bottles and taping them up and sending them out to us. So, if you'd like to send us anything to review on the podcast, get in touch. Whiskeywaffle at gmail.com. But, please... From this section, please go check out Wild River Mountain Distillery. Is that right? Wild River Mountain Distillery. Smashed it. Yep. Go go check them out. Go look them up. Find out about them. Buy their stuff. Give them encouragement. 
And let's yeah, let's let's get more distillers going and sort of yeah, let's get these small guys up and running. Yep. All right. Thank you, Adrian. Cheers, Adrian. So Ted's annoyed because he can't he can't find a whiskey fact online. Yes, but it is in a book. But I don't have the book here. Ah, right. The books are not online. There you go. So the old paper and yes. ink really has its place. Can anyone remember? There was. A, I'm pretty sure it's connected to a rift in Lagavulin. Back so in its early days. Back in its early days, and someone went went off and set up a, a different distillery that was like meant to. Actually, I'm remembering now. I think the owner from Lagavulin at the time. I think they wanted to buy Lafroig. Okay. I think I'm pretty sure it was Lafroig. Might have been Arbeg, but I'm pretty sure it was Lafroig. They wanted to buy Lafroig, but Lafroig said no. <laughs> um, and so. The the person from uh, Lake of Orleans was did this. <laughs> Ted is raising many middle fingers, um, at least yes. three. And they went off and set up a new distillery that was basically making a knockoff copy of uh, Lafroy, like home brand Lafroy. Yeah, basically home yeah. brand Lafroy. <laughs> but it had a, like a really boring name, and I can't remember what it was. Like it, it's it was a, in my memory, it's a name that was like, well, well, that's a bit. That's a bit sort of dull for an Isla distillery. Yeah, so. can't be as bad as that uh, South Australian one called Smith's. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was a very interesting whiskey well, when we had it. Well, listeners, if you know what Ted's talking about, and, uh, you know, just in terms of knowing what Ted's talking about, that's that's a very rare occasion. But if you do, you know what to do. Um, what do they do? Oh, that's right. They send us a carrier pigeon. They do indeed. Get onto that carrier pigeon and just say hello at the same time. I mean, don't actually physically get it onto the carrier pigeon because no. it's likely to become a very sort of thin carrier pigeon smeared over a larger area. Yeah, true. But, um, but do say hello. And yeah, also we're going to say goodbye at the same time because this is the end of the episode. Indeed. But we should remind people as well as a carrier pigeon, you can also uh, find us on our blog at whiskeywaffle.com. You can yeah, get us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, send us an email, whiskeywaffle at gmail.com. And yeah, leave us a review on, on one of the Apple podcasts or any other podcatcher. We do appreciate that. Yep. All right. Shall we say goodbye to these very nice people who... Have stayed to- right to the end. Yep. <laughs> Does anyone stay to the end of podcasts? Seriously? Well, you maybe, are because you're listening to this right now. Maybe if they fall asleep. Yeah. That's it. All right. Three, two, one. Keep goodbye. on waffling. And And goodbye. (laughs) Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. And there's quite a lot to unpack. Um, Not with the bottle itself, because it's just a lid, I just need to take that off.